0: And welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber, and I am sitting here with Andrew Hunter-Murray, Anna Chesinski, and James Harkin. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting
1: with you, Andy. My fact is that it's very hard for scientists to spot armadillos having sex because armadillos have sex while running. Yeah. I mean,
2: how fast do they run? (laughs) Too fast to see them. too fast (laughs) to see.
1: They would show up on film and in photos. But um, it's just a mating habit that they have. So whenever the armadillo female is in heat... Um, she starts male start chasing her, but then she starts running away. So it's all a matter of the fastest armadillo who can catch up with her. But she doesn't stop running when she when he's caught up. What? So they engage in yeah in sex
0: mid like passing mid- a baton on to a, <laughs> a kind is, of baton, disgusting baton.
2: <laughs> Done in relays. Did you used to hold on to the baton all the way around? No,
3: but he used
1: to yeah. hold on to the penis of the guy in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got there quite quickly, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's quite—it's quite, its amazing because they look like little battery-operated toys. Because the female's just running along, and you can't really see their legs moving. And the male mounts the female, but he then has to run along only on his hind legs <laughs> oh, wow. while he's mounted wow. her. Yeah, <laughs> like a wheelbarrow race, kind of. <laughs> thing. Yeah. I can't. I can't. your sports day must have been
3: awful. <laughs> Uh, Is this all armadillos? Because there's quite a lot of different types in there.
1: I am not sure. This was only observed in one species, so I don't think we can mm. say for sure. Or I, I certainly can't. Which, but, do you but, know?
2: Is it the nine? Which one? I think it's the nine. The nine. Oh, the
1: nine. It's amazing. They've got to such boring mates. names, but they yeah, they sound like
0: golf irons, don't they? Like the <laughs> nine or the the three.
2: I mean, it's, the full name is the nine banded armadillo, to be fair. I'm not sure anyone's ever called it the nine before, but
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> henceforth. Oh, I really um, hope it's the nine. I'm going to check, though. Sure. Um, yeah, go for it.
2: But yeah, d- presumably they don't massively like it because they generally don't like each other, do they, armadillos? They're very
3: solitary, right? That's true. Yeah, because the women, The female armadillos are always kind of, I was going to say beating off, but they're trying to get the male away, aren't they? Yeah. Most of the time until they're on heat and then they kind of accept it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Although they're running away. That's true. It is a bit like the Benny Hill show.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, So the nine banded armadillo, if that's who we are talking um, about, the nine, the nine, um, don't always have nine. Did they not? No. No. Sometimes have seven or eleven. They, yeah. yeah I think that's just a mean average that they have.
2: That's a me. That is a mean <laughs> average. You got there.
1: It's the six. No, I'm oh. sorry. This is the six banded armadillo. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Is that because the, the, the one you generally hear about is the nine banded, isn't it? Which is the one that lives in, like, that's the one when, when people talk about armadillos. It yeah. tends to be the nine banded armadillo yeah. because yes, that's so, the yeah. only one that lives in North America.
3: It's true. And Although maybe we could talk about nine banded armadillos. The one that kind of goes into a ball is the three banded armadillo. Yes. Or the three, as we call it. <laughs> the <three.
1: laughs> yeah, there are 20 species of armadillo and only two can roll themselves
4: up. Yeah, yeah, oh,
2: swizz. Indeed. Have you guys, my favourite armadillo, and this is the armadillo I mainly read into, um, is the, which one is it, guys? Oh, is it the three? Is it the nine? Is it the 29? No, my favourite armadillo is the Pink Fairy Armadillo. (laughs) And they are so amazing. Get up a picture of a Pink Fairy Armadillo while you're listening to the rest of this and for the rest of your life. They're the cutest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. So they're the smallest kind. They're six inches long. They've got a pink shell, this little pink shell, like baby pink, a Fluffy white belly, and um, they're just so cute. And they've got these massive front claws, which are almost a bit grotesque because they're only for (laughs) digging. So they can't really walk properly, they can only dig. But um, yeah, they can bury themselves in a couple of seconds. So if something comes along, their (laughs) shells are actually useless. In most armadillos, they're not very good protection, the shells. Really? But they just bury themselves immediately. And yeah, they are so cute. And they're
4: really
1: fluffy.
3: They sound like Pokemon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've got fluffy belly. They are a bit like Pokemon. They're very soft shelled. And their shell is pink because they use it for thermoregulation. So they can pump loads of blood to it and that just gets rid of all the excess heat in their body. Right. And they've also they've got a bum plate. Yes. When they're digging. When they're digging through the earth, they have a little bum plate which just compacts all the earth behind them.
2: So that means that it creates like a really strong burrow, doesn't it? Yeah. And also, it means that they get the earth out of their face so they can breathe. It's got a square bum, basically. Right. And it bumps up against the earth to compact it, like yeah. you would with a spade if you bashed a spade on earth.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And the opposite of that, have we ever talked about the glyptodon, which was the prehistoric armadillo, no. No. which no. was so big that humans used its shells for shelters?
0: Whoa! Whoa. So we
3: lived inside the shell. <laughs> which oh, my is God. pretty amazing. And it had like a, it was about the size of a car. <laughs> uh, and it had like a club tail that it would bash humans with
2: my lord yeah no I would do that as well if someone was living inside my
3: shell I do you think that... they took
2: the armadillo out first <laughs> <laughs> I
3: Cause... think um, death took it out first and then it was just I don't know actually Maybe that they is they... incredible because today to
1: be... today living inside your car is seen as Sign of someone who's down in their luck. Do you think in the old days living inside an armadillo shell was the same thing? <laughs> oh, he's living inside his armadillo shell. He's, he's had a rough time. I reckon. Yeah. Have <laughs> we ever
0: lived in a shell outside of that? I can't think of an example of another animal. <laughs> <laughs> where... That's so cool. That's good. Yeah.
2: You what? always <laughs> find the most weird angles on things. <laughs> I mean, probably not. <laughs> wow, the first instance of humans living in shells.
4: <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um,
0: can I take us back to the nine? Oh mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have a really interesting. Uh, this is just I was looking into the sex life of the armadillo off the back of your fact, Andy. And uh, so nine, the nine has quadruplets every single time. Oh, every single time they have a baby. So the baby uh, basically splits a single fertilized egg. Um, but it splits it so that they're effectively clones of each other.
4: Yeah.
1: And they but every single time. Four Loads
2: co- of them do it. Loads. In fact, I think most armadillos might have quadruplets every
1: time. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. It's Bizarre. And but because the, they're identical, it's to prevent inbreeding. Is that right? Or prevent incest and accidental. But how incest? would that prevent it if they're all? Identical? Well, if 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 all four quads that you have are males, then oh, right. not, they Sorry. won't be able to interbreed with each Got other it. at least. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, The nine-banded is the state small mammal of Texas. Is it? What's a large one? It's... um, I didn't write it down. It does have one. I think it's a kind of deer or something. Okay. So there's a state small mammal of Texas, there's a state large mammal, there's a state flying mammal, which is a kind of bat... And there's also a state whelk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't even know there was more than one kind of whelk.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everyone's state welk is the same. Um, something that's very cool about armadillos is that they have two ways of crossing water and both are equally groovy. So they...
4: Tell more, Nana.
2: They inflate their stomach and intestines with air if they want to float. So they fancy looking at the view and then they just float across the water. Or they could can deflate themselves and sink right down to the bottom and then they just walk along the bottom using their claws and they can hold their breath so for cool. five that or six minutes.
3: Do you think they have races? Like, where of one- course they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when there's two escalators in the tube going up you always go one <laughs> on each so that you can see who goes quickest. Do you? No.
4: <laughs> I,
2: I thought there was usually one up and one down.
3: Otherwise, no. how does everyone
2: get down the stairs?
3: So there's usually, there's often three in tubes. Wow. And there's always two going up and one going down. And that's because people coming down, they come at a regular amount of time. But people going up, they all come off the train at the same time. So really? there's more people at the same time.
2: That's really interesting. Well. <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> I it was,
1: that makes more sense. I thought it was for rush hour. When, you know, if there are loads of people going into the station, like at the end of the day, you'll have yeah. two, may, you might have two going down because. We would
3: occasionally do that, but almost always mm. they have two going up. a whole I lot like of it. sense.
1: <laughs> um, have we talked about the leprosy thing? No. no. So no they have, but you should they, get that checked out. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the lepr- they got the disease from humans. We know that. So this is Hansen's disease, yes. as you're supposed to call it, but most people call it leprosy. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're native to the New World, the Americas. So when humans first arrived, we know that they brought over leprosy, Hansen's disease, with them at some point. Mm-hmm. But as a result, they're really good at carrying it because their body temperature is thirty-four degrees Celsius on the inside, and the leprosy bacterium loves that temperature; it's ideal for it. Oh. We're actually not ideal we're for the thirty-seven. Ba- or we're something thirty-seven, like that. but for some reason, oh, they live in our skin, the bacteria, which is a uh, bit cooler, so they can it. survive there. So a lot of people eat armadillo in Brazil, but unfortunately, sixty percent of the armadillos in the forest have it. And it's okay as long as you cook it all the way through. But some people have the liver raw. Oh. So you can get leprosy that way. Or you, some people keep them in their homes to fatten them up. And obviously, the more close contact you have with an armadillo, yeah, the more likely, likely are. you are.
3: And actually, most humans are immune to leprosy. That's true. Aren't they? Um, but the ones that aren't. You're buggered. You're, you're buggered, yeah. Mm.
2: So the, I think the lesson is I mean, I was always taught you can eat rare steak and rare lamb, but don't eat rare chicken and rare armadillo. I think that's all you <laughs> yeah. need to take away from this, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> armadillo shells can rebound bullets people have found out in America to their detriment which I find (laughs) it seems like most people are basically okay but um, yeah in 2015 a man was taken to hospital with injuries when he uh, was woken up by armadillos and they're a bit of a pest in America because they destroy your gardens he was woken up at 3am so he went and shot the armadillo and the bullet rebounded in him in the face he he was okay he survived he was okay yeah yeah
1: how was the armadillo Uh,
2: they don't know about the armadillo they didn't find it afterwards
1: Oh, well, that implies it survived, at least. It walked away. No, it could have
3: ricocheted away
1: into another garden. That's true. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know
2: if that's (laughs) how armadillos work. You're thinking of when you jump on a turtle in Super Mario and they go skating (laughs) away.
4: I was thinking of that, yeah. (laughs) I thought
3: so. Um, The walking underwater thing with the armadillo feels a bit risky to me. I would... Would you? <laughs> Would you do the floating, though? Because it feels like with the floating, you're kind of at the risk of currents and stuff like that. Yeah, and predators. I guess, so. You're much more exposed. Yeah.
0: Well, be, they can only hold their breath for six minutes. So
3: I guess <laughs> if you <laughs> want to escape a predator,
0: you could quickly deflate and
3: and sink But as to long the as you're never more than three minutes away from the edge of yeah. the river. I hard, guess you'd
1: have to, to know, though. That's the problem. If there's a river and you get to a big rock underwater.
0: And you've got to take a, yeah.
1: a detour. Mm. There is a scene just like this in Mission Impossible 5.
4: Yeah, there Spiceless. is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Are you sure
2: that's the 5? I thought that was the 9. It
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, it is time for fact number 2 and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that the Karwai people of New Guinea put grubs in their ears to eat their earwax. So Very great. Cool. And
1: then what do they put in their ear to eat the grubs? cow do they put it- <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's going right to the end of yeah the- <laughs> i just thought we
2: didn't have time to do the whole rhyme
3: <laughs> um so yeah this is a thing these are a tribe from new guinea and there's lots of interesting stuff about them but um one thing that a lot of people learned in the last year or so was um there was a tv show on bbc2 called my year with the tribe and presenter will millard let a grub crawl into his ear and eat his earwax wow. in this documentary um, which everyone thought was a bit weird Yeah
4: mm. um, Even
2: the, tri- didn't the, tribe persons, the Didn't the Kuruwai um, tribesmen say at the time The elders used to do this We don't really do it anymore So we've forgotten how it's done But <laughs> shove it in yeah. and see what happens
3: it, Maybe it is one of those things That you just get foreigners in And you just make them do stuff <laughs> yeah. And say that it's traditional Is there a way of getting it out though? Uh, it just slithers out itself Apparently um, When it's and full it's, And it's slightly darker in colour Having eaten all your earwax oh, Wow <laughs> That's quite cool
2: and he said he could hear it eating it inside Ooh. his ear, couldn't he? So wow. like I can hear it munching away. Well, and that, it that would out. be
0: the spot that you would get. You'd the best access there. to hearing, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me.
2: Um, yeah, he's a... I, I really like Will Millard, I realise, in the course of researching this. <laughs> he's saw lots of very cool stuff. But yeah, he went to Papua and lived with those people for uh, a few months, I think. But he had an extremely bad time. He seems to have very bad luck. And he's actually got PTSD now from being basically doing all these documentaries in wow. these extreme places. But he said, um, at one of the points in Papua, he said, I made a serious error of judgement that saw me not on an ancient inter-tribal trade route but trapped deep within a 400 mile square of uninhabited snake infested and extremely hostile forest oh we God. crawled out a month later lacerated and covered in infections but yeah he's had cerebral malaria he's been you know assaulted he's um, been robbed at bow and arrow point mm. <laughs> which is kind of a cool life experience yeah it's become what... the trauma
1: yeah. i th- oh it was a different program wasn't it but the beep got in a bit of trouble Because the Corrawide traditionally live in treehouses, and they made a programme all about them building the treehouses, and then it turned out that they'd sort of said, can you build us a treehouse for this programme? that was
2: Will Millard who had discovered it. Oh, really? That was when he went back and did this programme, and they said, when those last BBC guys came, they told us to build that treehouse. And he was the one who said, well, that's not on. I'm going to mention that, I'm afraid. But they,
0: so... Is it a myth? It's not a myth that they live in treehouses. No, they do. They do. So I don't think think that's that bad to ask them to build a treehouse. Some of them, no.
2: Those ones did not live in treehouses like that. They said we would never build treehouses that high. Right. um,
1: Got it. Some of them live on the ground, but some of them, I think, still live in treehouses. There are only about 4,000 Korowai people alive. Yeah. yeah. There aren't very many of them. Yeah. So there were rumours that the Korowai people sometimes engaged in cannibalism mm-hmm. but they got asked about it and they said no we would never eat a person what we would eat is a kakua which is a witch who takes the form of a person yeah mm. uh, and this doesn't happen anymore but 10 years ago it was in living memory so it happened a few decades ago um and the basically, a decade in fact a decade oh, yeah um but the, the the kakua is basically their version of germ theory so they, like when someone dies, they say, oh, well, what's, what's this? Because um, germ theory is not very well known. They assumed it was a, a witch. So when a clan member was dying, he would whisper to his relatives the name of who he thought was the witch who, who had Ooh. killed him. So Such they, a
2: good way to take out someone who just kind of <laughs> been pissing you off for a while. I
1: think this is a great deathbed practice we should adopt. But yeah. then
3: it's very much open to abuse, isn't it, from the person who heard the whisper, the only person who heard the whisper.
1: Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. true. Of course. Yeah.
2: But this is, I mean, I think there are quite a lot of Korowai spread around and different groups of Korowai. And there was a guy, Paul Raphael, who famously went there in 2006, and he went very deep uh, in. And he met one who, said, who was still a famous kakawa killer, um, who showed him a skull and stuff and ate the skull in front of him. Um, and, yeah, so who, who knows? Right. Apparently it tastes like, he asked what, it, what human flesh tastes like, and it tastes like cassowary, in what case anyone oh. wanted. Oh. So now you can picture it. <laughs>
1: I've got something on earwax, but yeah. I don't know if you guys have more of the horror Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the Middle Ages, earwax was used to colour manuscripts in.
4: Cool. Really? Yeah,
1: or to colour the ink used for manuscripts. I was going to say, par- for the ink, yeah. Yeah, it was partly earwax.
2: Wow. Partly stale beer. What do you mean? They mix the ink up with an earwax as one of the ingredients? Yeah. Kind of thing? Cool.
1: Yeah. So some of those ancient, beautiful documents will be partly earwax. Monk earwax, probably. Ooh. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: some of the um, worst. Inter- <laughs> interesting you say about beer and earwax. Um, we read once um, when we were researching for QI that if you put earwax in someone's beer, then all the froth will disappear from the oh, top of yeah. the beer. And we tried to do it as an experiment on the show, um, but it didn't work.
2: But um, it did enhance the taste.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone actually drank it in the uh, end. Whose earwax did you get? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. I probably produced a Piers Fletcher's earwax. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we did try it. But the right. idea is because it's got oil in, hasn't it? It's got, and the idea is that oil would um, kind of pop the bubbles a little bit. And okay. um, was that a thing that monks did too? I don't think I they think did, did they? I thought Mix it with their beer.
1: They sort of... It was the be- Well, when they were painting the manuscripts, They pre- it was the way they prevented bubbles from forming in the liquid oh. they used so the liquid was called glare which was what they used to make the paints and right. supposedly to stop the froth forming on the glare mm-hmm. they put the earwax into that it. Okay. so was
0: earwax uh, sort of a lucrative business to be in <laughs> if you generated a lot it's <laughs> yeah, huge it must be a traded thing right you know I'm writing a book I'm
3: at the moment sure it must be I think you, everyone has a ready supply don't they
0: well, some people, some people could, you, yeah, can't,
3: you can't yeah. corner the
1: market in earwax though. No, even, you could, even you could the s- most productive <laughs> earwaxer. <laughs> I guess you could go house to house collecting people's earwax and yeah. then selling a jar of it because to the. Because they
3: monastery. had gong farmers, didn't they, who would collect people's poo for yeah. um, you know for fertilizer
1: and stuff, and everyone has a plentiful supply of that.
2: Yeah. You might as well That's get true. earwax at the same time, you're saying.
4: Uh, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> I wonder where, socially, the gong firmer, dung collector, and the earwax collector are next to each other. I
3: think they have Christmas parties together. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one else invites them.
2: <laughs> we could have traded earwax, though, with the Far East. Because they've got different earwax to us, don't true. they? Which yeah. I don't think we've mentioned before. But uh, Asian, cu- East Asian countries, so in China, and Japan, Korea, um, there's a uh, gene. The gene has changed, so their earwax is kind of powdery, and I think doesn't taste as gross um so <laughs> I, well because it's, it's like powder in it doesn't have the, the bitterness that ours has and it's not as gloopy um okay. the vast majority but whose uh,
0: taste do you is that well, a thing
2: no i've actually just assumed that because i've read about it and it doesn't okay, right. contain the stuff yeah, that makes it ours makes sense, be so, so bitter. Doesn't it?
0: no it makes sense it just sounded like that was a thing <laughs> that people taste you know how like some people eat their boogers
2: no, but you know sometimes when you put your finger in your ear and you accidentally put your finger in your mouth and it's
3: absolutely right. Oh, rag. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> they don't That's
3: have that. Uh, you know when you accidentally put your finger in someone from East Asia's ear <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. accidentally put that in your
4: mouth? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wet willies. I'm not allowed back to Korea. <laughs> well, there, there were people who tasted urewhacks. There were doctors in ancient Greece. There was That was the whole theory, because it was all about the theory of the humours, you know, the different substances that made up your... Body. Mm-hmm. So Hippocrates said there were particular tastes for bodily fluids. So he would taste your earwax, your doctor, and he might uh, lick your vomit um, mm, or run wow. his fingers through your phlegm to check the consistency. <laughs> so he probably got up close. That's so cool.
3: It's so unromantic. <laughs> he ran his fingers through her phlegm.
2: <laughs> um, do you know what's the most common thing, the most common living thing to get in your ear?
3: Um, an earwig.
2: You would have thought, but they don't seem to do it as much.
0: A,
3: the, um, yeah? an ant.
2: Uh, larger, in fact. Little uh, spider.
0: Spider. Uh, no,
2: spider. I'm gonna let a you wolf. know. It's a, a,
4: <laughs> <tiger>. a monkey.
3: <laughs> a giant armadillo. Please don't. Is it the nine? Is it a three? It's gotta be a three. <laughs> the very little the pink fairy pink fairy It's the
2: 12 banded cockroach no it's it's just a cockroach cockroaches love ears um, oh my goodness and yeah and that's by far the most common uh, creature to go in your ear and it's because they've got this thing and I'd never heard of this word they've got positive thigmotaxis and thigmotaxis describes how much you like the stimulus of touch so some animals will have negative thigmotaxis um, so they, they don't want to be touched okay. and cockroaches want their whole body to be touched all the time so they're <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're so needy aren't they, <laughs> they are. so clingy
2: <laughs> they love a massage
1: full body massage every single time <laughs> never just the shoulders yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but that's why they love ears so they go in because they like being in tiny little nooks and crannies and that's why they'll always squeeze into little cracks in your house um, and also they quite like the fatty acids do,
0: do any of us know someone who've had, a, who's found a
3: cockroach in their ear I don't I, <laughs>
1: none of my friends okay, has told me
0: I,
3: does anyone know anyone who's found
1: anything in their ear no
2: It's still not as common as the common cold, (laughs) and also we don't really have cockroaches in this country very much.
1: Do you not? Oh, okay. Not as much. No,
2: we don't. Dan, person who's lived here for about fourteen years. I thought I had.
0: I reported termites the other day in my house. Turns out they're not in England. (laughs) (laughs) The the guy. The guy on the phone was like, "That's fascinating. I'll be over as soon as possible." I was like, "Wow, he was keen." Uh, They were flying ants. Oh
4: my Jesus. (laughs)
1: I read on a BBC source that some of the earliest lip balms were made of earwax, and I can't—I don't believe it. I regret mentioning it oh, now. thanks for bringing it. <laughs> uh, are they saying, like, ancient Egyptians and stuff like that? Yeah. Or? But I just, it would taste bitter. But what if they were Asian earwax? Doesn't that taste fantastic? No, that's, but that's drier and crumbly. <laughs> so that's, it also it doesn't was... taste fantastic. You've taken the wrong thing from that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It does feel like someone's opened a tub of Carmex, thought, that looks a lot like earwax.
0: <laughs> Here's a rumour I'll spread on the internet. <laughs> I read that in uh, Bits of Asia, so India and China. Um, Ear-picking is seen as a, a nice pampering thing to do, mm. really enjoyable. So, so much to the point where you can have it done on the side
1: of the streets. There's vendors. Yeah. It's so you luxurious look- you can get it done on the side.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> such demand. It's a career. It's yeah. a dying
1: career, though because young people are more interested on their phones and they don't want to have their ears picked by a stranger. <laughs> in the pu-
0: in Wait a public. minute. You
3: can be on your phone and have your ear picked at the same time. Yeah. That's very true. It's one of the few things you can do.
2: <laughs> Not if you're talking to two people at once on two different phones.
3: Sure. I forgot
2: yes. you
1: could use phones to phone people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. They have this whole set of picks, don't they? These are yeah. yeah. cleaning guys. I've an
3: ear spoon at home. Do you? Ryan? Ryan? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it lights up. What, so you when, can what? see inside the ear when uh, you're picking but stuff. But you you can't. What, does does have a mirror? No, to no. Show you do it for other people. Like oh. you said, it's like a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't use it by the way. I just bought it as a but they, curio. But the cool. thing is
1: that cotton buds are being banned in the UK, so there's every chance that the ear spoon or the roving ear cleaner could make a comeback. Post Brexit.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no smartphones, but here's your roving ear cleaner. <laughs> Thanks,
4: Boris. <laughs> <have> <laughs>
0: okay it is time for fact number three and that is my fact my fact this week is that the biggest single biomedical laboratory in europe designed to encourage scientists to chat more to each other is so noisy that scientists are actually complaining it's too hard to concentrate. <laughs> um, this this is a this amazing building that's up uh, in London. It's uh, in the Euston area, and it is uh, it's ginormous. It's it's one thousand. 250 people work there. They're collaborating from different fields of medicine. Um,
2: And it's the Francis Crick Institute, isn't it? That's right. It's called the
0: Francis Crick Institute, or its nickname. So it's run, the head of it is Sir Paul Nurse, who is a Nobel Prize winning scientist. Uh, So its nickname is Sir Paul's Cathedral, uh, which is quite a
2: cool Uh.
4: name. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he had influence over the design, didn't he? And he said that he wanted the atmosphere to encourage a gentle sort of anarchy. Um, so, yeah, you don't necessarily want scientists to talk to each other all the time, I suppose, is what we're saying. Sometimes you just need to be quiet and in a test tube, right? Yeah, well, there,
0: I, I suppose the problem is... It's no, I'm become... not in a test tube, sorry. <laughs> Unless you're a test tube baby.
2: Yes, then stay in your test tube.
0: <laughs> I think there's a difference between creating an atmosphere where people are there to work and collaborate as well as creating a sort of cafe-like atmosphere where people just come because they know that that's where their buddies are going to be. So Mm. I think a lot of people are distracted when they're trying to do quiet work on an idea by PhD students coming in who've just graduated or so on and and having parties without uh, yeah. not without actually having the party yeah. but effectively grouped yeah yeah so yeah and this is not everyone who's complaining it's working incredibly well this yeah. place it's, not, it's, <laughs> it's, like it's not failed it's literally one dude
2: <laughs> do you know what's underneath it
0: uh,
3: underneath tube? the oh, underneath Houston? the
2: Francis Crick Ooh. building
3: institute it's roundabout where Boudica was buried supposedly
2: oh well she's been joined actually <laughs>
3: is it
1: Plague
2: a Boudicca plague, probably some plague, sure. And also, so it's obviously named after uh, Francis Crick, uh, and his son, Mike, is still alive, and he donated Crick's California license plate uh, into a time capsule, which is buried underneath the building. Oh, so at the ceremony, right. they buried it.
1: Yeah. Cool. Is there a reason for that?
2: I don't know. The license plate number was A-T-G-C. Yeah. Oh, I don't...
1: yeah. So those are the four letters that make up DNA.
2: So that's ah. what that is. That's so clever. and C. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that... cool. Um, so that's underneath there.
1: Which is what Craig did.
2: Which is it? it. <laughs> ah,
0: this is all coming together. <laughs> Was it was
3: it Goulton and No, no Watson, Watson and Crick. Watson and Crick. Watson and Crick, Watson and, Crick. Well, and,
0: Crick and
2: Watson, as we tend to
0: say it for Watson. some reason. And
3: Rosalind Franklin. Yes. Rosalind
0: Franklin, who's been um, left it's out awesome.
1: of uh, the history books. Very much for Pete extent. Best of um, the DNA. DNA. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: if Pete Best had secretly written all the Beatles songs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Which, according to my theory, <laughs> he did. So, um, so this thing is—is is it all about open plan, basically?
0: Yeah, it's an open plan office it yeah. to an extent if you look inside it's obviously got levels um but it's one of those ones where it all looks down into a big mm. courtyard of of desks uh and everything <laughs> seems to be open yeah
2: because open plan uh is very but it's kind of controversial now right In fact, I think most studies show that it's a negative thing, has a negative impact on work. And it's it's very trendy, but I get really confused because people talk about open plan as if it's like a trendy, cool thing. And it seems so obvious to me, surely, the reason we have open plan, and it's generally in Britain and America, is that it's just a hell of a lot cheaper.
3: Saves money on walls. It
2: just saves a hell of a lot of money. Mm. You can squash way more people in. I think we just should stop pretending we're doing it for the good of our employees, for bonding and stuff, and be Mm. like, sorry, guys, we're cheap.
3: Yeah, we have... How many rooms do we have in this building? We have four. We Mm. should have a maximum of four members of staff (laughs) at any one time (laughs) and we should all get a room each.
2: (laughs) That's what they have in places like uh, Germany and Scandinavia. Mm. Like everyone will have a right to an office because that's a better way
3: to work. Well, the person who invented Cubicles, he was called Robert Propst and he thought that it would be like a dynamic everyone would have their area and would be really dynamic and you could move around it and it would be really good for work. But of course what happened was companies just made them smaller and smaller and smaller until it was the smallest amount that one person could work in. And then obviously it had the opposite effect.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, their office is being relocated completely to a new place that is gonna be this open plan layout, but they're taking it a step further now where no one will have an assigned desk. It will be hot desking. desking. Mm -hmm. And the theory behind that is that uh, the idea is that's going to encourage more work because you want to get to work as early as possible to find a good (laughs) seat next to an influential person because everyone of every level is going to be sitting around this same desk. So if you want to get next to the boss and yeah. get close to them, you arrive at eight thirty in the morning. But what, I've never if, what, the 9. Was, what if the
1: boss doesn't come until ten?
0: It's yeah. it's the whole thing's a risk. You've got to work out the rhythms, see when they arrive, all that sort of stuff. But in theory that's
1: why would we just hide in the toilets watching the office and waiting for the boss to arrive. <laughs> but then lots of people hide in the toilets you need more toilets.
3: Everyone's just gonna be following the bus into work like a Hordian <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: Massive conga line. I'd never heard that as a justi- <laughs> justification for hot desking because everyone always claims that's a good thing, hot desking, and you don't have too much of your own. It is more efficient
1: because you always do have a couple of people in a big office. You'll have mm-hmm. X people who don't turn up or who are ill or who are travelling for business or whatever so yeah. you know there is a but it's risky because people leave food on their desk or people leave mugs leave, and leave books don't they yeah. personal items and yeah. why you know, are you
3: looking at Dan why are
4: you looking at me Nothing,
3: no reason <laughs> um, so
1: Anna you know how you stand
3: up at your desk quite a lot yeah um, I read that according to a study office workers could lose half a stone a year by standing up at their desks
2: that's why I'm actually in minus weight now <laughs> 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 minus <laughs> i went minus two stone
3: if I'd have stood up for the last 12 years that i've been working at qi i would now weigh about eight stone <laughs> wow.
1: i imagine that's how that works yeah I so. so i was uh, looking up uh, distraction and concentration and things like that yeah um so when you're concentrating or when you think you're concentrating it turns out that if you look at your brain activity you're actually distracted quite a lot so in between bursts of attention attention is they the, the study uh described it as a searchlight that sort of shines on the thing you're reading or the thing you're studying and then shines away again just to see if there's anything more important or dangerous going on that you need to know about so how often do you guess that happens that the brain sort of scans the area it's every five three minutes okay every 45 seconds it's four times a second four Four times a second (laughs) it's no whether you're
0: not getting anything done (laughs) (laughs) i genuinely i'm not lying I totally phased out while you were explaining. brilliantly. Oh <laughs> <God. laughs> brilliant. genuinely. <laughs> to be yep. fair,
3: he was scanning for danger.
2: <laughs> Four times a second. No, yeah. no, yeah. it's not. Yes. i your, b- your, your
1: brain basically alters your perception to make you think it's a constant movie of you just focusing on one thing. Uh-huh. Four times a second, your brain sort of temporarily takes its attention away. Scans. But you just wouldn't get any information. Done. This is. This is. It, it happens.
3: Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. It's well, weird. Okay, so each of these scanner ways, yeah. they must be an absolute micro-milliamp. Yeah, it's second, short. Right?
1: It's not. It doesn't take like a quarter of a second. Four times a second. Is it but stuff it just like is... breathe, uh, blink? Uh, no, it's not like that. I wish you hadn't zoned out while I was explaining the <laughs> thing. I'm not going to go back and say it again. Are not gonna, I'll hear oh no. it on the podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I found something about a laboratory. Uh, yeah. Where? Um, that I had never heard and I thought was super cool. Have we mentioned this before? We mentioned the um, special feces studying lab in the Soviet Union. Oh. <laughs> so this is in the 1940s. The USSR developed a secret lab for studying world leaders' poo and what? It, was, it was to find out stuff about them and the justification that people have um, made uh, have backdated to it is that we didn't really have CCTV or other ways of watching <laughs> people so we collected their poo instead um, and this is genuinely someone found this out a couple of years ago going through these old archives and Beria, you know Stalin's sort of right hand man Beria was mm. in charge of it um, and it was a special department and for instance in 1949 uh, they had special toilets installed for Mao when he came and visited mm. and they weren't connected to the sewers, they were were connected to boxes underneath its loo which they then collected and they went through it and it was like if you found certain things like apparently if you found amino acid uh, tryptophan it meant they were calm and approachable and perhaps you could do a deal with them (laughs) and the theory was if there wasn't very much potassium in their poo then they were had a lack of sleep and might be a bit stressed a bit tetchy give them a banana (laughs) give them a bloody banana and they won't press the red button (laughs) but
3: we know now that People are still doing this, right? So Kim Jong-un did it during the Singapore summit this year, brought his own toilet for exactly the same reason.
2: Was that so they couldn't steal his poo and study it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So he would have taken all of that back to North Korea when he left.
3: Lucky which them. Which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It is weird, but then we now know that there's a historical justification for it. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was them just being paranoid, but...
2: I think it is them being is paranoid. Okay. And, oh, no, might. although...
3: No, we know right. that they were doing it, and we yeah. know now. Yeah. I bet you can learn way more from yeah. someone's poop. Yeah. <laughs>
1: if there's a house guest visiting my place, I'm not ashamed to say, I'll I'll analyze.
3: Yeah, I do think you should be ashamed to say that.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why do you keep giving me bananas whenever I come
4: round? <laughs>
0: Okay, it's time for our final fact of the show, and that is Chizinski.
2: My fact this week is that the largest sunflower farm in Ontario has been forced to shut because so many people were taking selfies there and sense. this is, is a really funny story it's from this summer and the farm is called Bogle Seeds Farm it's in a place called Hamilton and it's absolutely massive they've got 1.6 million sunflower plants over 68 acres and they thought it would be quite a good idea to make a bit of extra cash charge people some dollars by saying you can come here park up in this little car park we've got take a selfie here you go and it went mad <laughs> they were completely swamped um, thousands and thousands of people came um, there was four kilometres of stationary traffic <laughs> Backed up Whoa. on the road uh, leading there. There was a 300 car parking lot, and at uh, any one time there were 7,000 cars trying to park in it. <laughs> and it just turned into complete chaos. They trashed the place. And so they had to <laughs> shut it. People were cutting off the tops of sunflowers. Someone said uh, that one, one person urinated on one of the neighbors' bushes.
3: Well, <laughs> it was bad. The pictures did look quite cool didn't Uh, they? The pictures
2: look really nice. Sunflowers are still pretty. They are.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lovely photos of people weeing and fighting and smashing (laughs) their cars. But on
3: Instagram, that's not what the photos were. They were just nice pictures of people with sunflowers. That's true. I didn't see a single (laughs) weir.
2: Apparently people brought ladders to this place so you can go into the field and then climb up a ladder so you can be poking out above the top of the sunflowers, which I think is
0: quite clever. Well, and also maybe just because they're so tall, sunflowers, I can't believe how high they can get. Uh, Oh yeah, They might just want to get to the top. The the largest that we have on record, this is a Guinness World Record, is 30 feet and one inch. I can't, that can't have been
1: a happy sunflower though. Why? Because it would be quite stressed, wouldn't it? Self-conscious. Everyone yeah, and it's much shorter. <laughs> think about that, but you, surely you would. I wonder. They must grow
3: to to get more light, and they if they need more light, they must be stressed, right? As I think, in, yeah. So, for instance, four leaf clovers, they only grow if they're stressed. Four leaves because oh. they need an extra leaf to get more light and more energy. Aww. Didn't know that. Um, so usually when a plant does something weird it's because they're stressed out. So
2: Ooh. now whenever we find a four leaf clover we have to go, Oh, that's so sad <laughs> rather than thinking it's that's good luck. That's what
3: nut. I always do. <laughs> oh
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> Such a killjoy. Thirty feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean
0: that's so
1: how did he grow it? Did he plant it at the bottom of a well?
0: Well this is this is a guy who's managed to top his own record a few years in a row. So he's he It's just
1: a grow I mean, do you have to have it trellis to something? They're quite strong. They are really strong.
0: We
3: used to have
2: sunflowers that yeah, were first. super tall and they didn't have any...
1: Um, really? But not 30 feet mounting. tall.
2: Um, I should just say that the, sorry, the reaction of the bogle seed farmers mm. uh, was negative to this chaos. So just to <laughs> conclude the story, because you, you should really go on their website. So they closed down the farm. They said, we're not having anyone else here this year, although they are still selling seeds. But like, no one can come anymore. And you should go to the website uh, because it's so aggressive. They've got about <laughs> like seven different notices saying, so they say, unfortunately, with the police involved, you know, all lots of capitals, they had to call the police. Uh, we've had to close the photo opportunities due to traffic jams, etc. There's a big one of those running banners that you get on slightly mm. mad people's websites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like in capital letters closed for the season. Wow. Um, I mean,
1: you, they sort of asked people to come. Yeah. And they, then lots of people came.
2: They didn't
3: know how popular they'd be. It's not
1: the people's fault for coming. It's not any individual person's fault. It's the that... individual urinator in the bushes, <laughs> yeah. Fault, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the they... people who are cutting tops
3: off. Yeah. I
1: think I can blame those people.
2: And they do say now they've still got people coming who will like swear and abuse them and say, "No, oh. I've driven four hours to get here. Oh, you've got to let me do." Check the
1: website before you go. Check the website, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sunflowers are massive in Russia, in yep. every sense of the word. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but so they're from America originally, sunflowers, and then they were brought over to. Europe, uh, and in the 18th century, they were really popular in Russia because you were banned from consuming oil during Lent but you weren't banned from consuming sunflower oil mm. loophole. ha ah, because yeah. they didn't know it existed, basically, they didn't know did they, they? Existed. when they wrote the rules? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it was just an absolute get-around, and you could you know use the oil for, for food or for light or for whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So the Russians used to have massive sunflower fields. Well, they still,
3: still do. do. Yep. Um, the two biggest producers of sunflower oil are Russia and Ukraine, mm. uh, which means that tensions between those two countries have affected the world's supply of sunflower oil. Really? Oh, wow, yeah.
2: really? yeah. yeah. God, I I didn't know how I felt about that battle, but now I'm really anti because <laughs> sunflower oils are a useful thing to have around, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
0: there's an amazing thing about the fact that sunflowers are used in nuclear uh, apocalyptic sites, basically. So <laughs> Fukushima, for example, right. Um, Part of the process of trying to clear it of radiation was to plant millions and millions of sunflowers because they soak up the radiation, and this was a thing that was employed in Chernobyl as well. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, they they did. Yeah, lots of planting. And it's many. It's many different flowers and field mustard. And- I must
3: admit, I read that and I thought it probably wasn't true because. It's the obvious thing to put in isn't it? Sunflowers, they it's light, it's energy. Hmm. It feels like a kind of a folk remedy to that, doesn't it? Yes. But then it's 100% no, they true, they isn't have, it? Yeah, yeah, they have studied it. That hyperaccumulators which yeah. take up heavy metals from soil.
2: Do you know who is yeah. a big fan of sunflowers?
3: Ooh. Huge fan. Uh gives a clue. My wife.
2: Um really? Yeah. That wasn't going to be well, it's someone very similar to your wife actually.
3: Ooh. Oh. Um His I've got the here. <laughs>
2: Um, no, it's Osama bin Laden.
3: Oh. I've yeah. always
2: thought, she reminds me a bit. <laughs> She's tall. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh,
0: She's this- got a beard. <laughs> she got a she hates it. America.
2: <laughs> yeah, he had a passion for them, apparently, according oh. to his wife. He loved growing, he always grew them. He loved growing the biggest sunflowers in his village. Do you know what's ironic about sunflowers?
1: Uh, Osama bin Laden loved them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, is it that they um, come out at night Oh, that's good. What? Where do they do they hide? No, I'm guessing. Oh, <laughs> right. That would be ironic if there's yeah. sunflowers that it they would. come out oh, of they, yes. hate, they hate the
1: sun.
2: Uh, they love they love the sun. They, they, they follow it around it. all over the place. None of that. No. It's that they're the only flower with the word flower in their name, but they're not a flower.
3: What? They're not, not a flower. So no. Good. My head just got what? blown.
4: They what are,
2: are they? They? thousands of flowers. So they are. So like, each uh, sunflower is actually thousands of little flowers. The definition of a flower is obviously like, you know, a bit, the bit that has the reproductive organs. Mm. And on the sunflower, um, the bits that are the, called the disc florets, so if you follow the big yellow petals down, yeah. you then get all these little circular bits. Yeah. Yeah. A bit more and brown. Yes, exactly, the yeah. bit more brown bits. They have male and female reproductive organs, each one of those. So each little petal with a disc floret attached is a flower.
3: Wow, so every time we see a sunflower now, we should call it a sunflower's Exactly. Yeah. I will do that from now on. I know you
4: actually <laughs> oh. will, won't you? I won't explain that. As you're eating
3: your panino. <laughs> <laughs> what
4: uh,
0: what technically then is it? <laughs> it's a group of flowers. It's a group I'm, of flowers.
1: that is going to be that's going to save me a lot of money i exactly. I'm just going to be able to say darling I've got you 2000 sunflowers.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I've got another ironic thing Go on. about sunflowers. <laughs> yeah. This is about Van Gogh or Van Gogh. Um, so he never sold any of his sunflower portraits I think he painted about 11 Mm -hmm. and he never sold a single one in his lifetime and yet now the one that the National Gallery in London has one And they sell more postcards of that than of any other picture they've got. When you go to the
0: National Gallery, they say no taking photos. But actually, since 2014, they've lifted the ban on selfies and taking photos because they realized they just couldn't regulate it. So if they saw someone with a phone out, most people, they couldn't tell if they were Googling something, texting, or whether or not they were about to use it to take a sneaky photo. So they do know that certain flashes and so on do right. actually affect paintings right. but they've only with a few specific paintings said now that is illegal to take a selfie with
1: but that's also ironic that a place with hundreds of self-portraits stops you from taking a self-portrait yeah
4: yeah.
1: apart from they don't anyway. they don't well, the, the irony the irony used to exist and it now does not yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, a, that's another Correct. thing about the sunflowers the, um, the, the painting is wilting all the uh, Van Gogh's sunflowers are kind of going brown very what? slowly.
3: As in, because the ink is or. Yeah, because wow. he, used,
1: he used a paint which degrades under light. Although, great news, it's not yet visible to the human eye. So, everybody <laughs> stop panicking.
3: Wow, so the <laughs> painting of sunflowers doesn't like the light brilliant Love
1: oh, it. this is an Love irony it. special <laughs>
2: past and present irony special yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so they but they've analysed the chemicals and they know which because they use different pigments for different bits of the painting and one of the pigments is going to steadily get browner oh, really? yeah well that's
2: fitting isn't it because they all die eventually as do we all and I think that's the point he was trying to make when he used that chemical yep ah. he was another man with great foresight <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know the optimal distance at which to take a photo of your face
3: is it arm's length
2: Sadly, it's not. So that's why everyone looks hideous in selfies, and they should all stop doing them. Um, so five feet is the best distance
3: for a portrait. That's the one. That's the length that doesn't distort your facial features. Well, you know what that is—about the length of an arm's length and the selfie stick. Yeah, it's about the length of a giant armadillo. Yeah, but selfie sticks are more easily gotten.
2: Well, I, I wouldn't can, hate I'm gonna... someone carrying around a giant armadillo quite as
3: much. <laughs> I think if, if all Just... the tourists in Covent Garden were walking around with giant armadillos, <laughs> you would soon get sick of it. <laughs> <You're
2: right>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, selfies make your face look 30% uh, fatter, 30% wider than it is, don't they? Because wow, uh, they're too close up.
3: So. Right. So Kim Kardashian, yeah, she takes a lot of selfies. Yeah. And mm. she seems to look normal in them. Hmm. does she have an extremely thin face in real life yeah i don't know she looks like a freak yeah <laughs> oh, right. actually weirdly
0: uh finella was showing me last night a picture of uh kim kardashian when she was 14 <laughs> versus now to show the facial difference and her no, she looks like she's had a lot of the work done that well, would make a, 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 a selfie look great professional
3: person who needs to look good i'm not surprised <laughs> I mean, oh yeah suggesting that kim kardashian has yeah. had work done <laughs>
2: I can't tell you how thrilled I am this podcast has ended up with us discussing Kim Kardashian's potential plastic surgery Um, so I
3: got another (laughs) Kim Kardashian (laughs) fact and that is that she's been warned by doctors to stop taking selfies after a painful wrist injury wow he genuinely had one (laughs) apparently she's got RSI because she's taken so many selfies really
2: Doesn't she have any mates who will take a photo of her?
3: It's a selfie. You've got to do a...
2: Well, you can just call it a photograph. We've got a word for the other one as well. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. It's all about the angles. It's all... She wrote, She released a book called Selfie, which was literally 500 selfies that was the whole book oh, loved it absolutely loved it yep yeah I, I've got a uh, selfie fact here which is that in Ohio there was a man who was wanted by the police and uh, his name was Donald A. Chip Pugh um, he was wanted by the Lima police in Ohio and so they put a
1: picture <laughs> him hang, on, call- hang on hey, they're looking at the wrong place yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a county called Lima, oh, L-I-M-A. I thought meant the animal the Lima police <laughs> <laughs> the, ador- the most adorable police in the whole <laughs> the country <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so um they released a photo of him uh um, which they said have you seen this guy please get in contact and someone who got in contact was Donald himself who did not like the photo that they were using <laughs> so he sent them an updated selfie of him sitting in a car with sunglasses on looking like he's cool uh, and they nice. ended up using that photo as well sending a message saying this photo was sent to us by um, Mr. Pugh himself we thank him for being helpful but now we'd appreciate it if he would come to speak to us about his charges <laughs> but yeah they actually know used what this happened shot. at the end no I haven't I haven't oh. found an update um,
2: are we sure you didn't just send them a picture of somebody else and think <laughs> oh he's got away with that
4: one <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay that's it that is all of our facts thank you so much for listening if you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said over the course of this podcast we can be found on our twitter accounts i'm on at schreiberland james at james harkin andy at andrew hunter m and chesinski
2: you can email podcast at qi.com
0: yep or you can go to our group account which is at no such thing our facebook page which is no such thing as a fish or our website no such thing as a fish.com so on there we have all of our previous episodes we have links to any upcoming tours that we're doing you can get tickets through there you can listen to all the previous episodes and we also have this behind the scenes documentary we made behind the guild. so we are going on tour again if you want to see what it looks like when we're on tour the behind the scenes stuff as well as some of the front of stage stuff it'll uh, give you an idea of what it's like so go download that we'll be back again next week we'll see you then goodbye